0: The Will Cain Show podcast is presented by the Capital One Saver Card. Earn four percent cash back on dining and entertainment, two percent at grocery stores, and one percent on all other purchases.
1: All right, what's going on? We got Will Cain today, hour number two, the Rosillo Show, ESPN Radio. Um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we'll maybe do it one more time. I really only want to do it one more time here, just the top of the show. This is going to be my last week at ESPN Radio. Uh, we'll do. We'll talk about it again because I think Will wants another another take. Another shot at it. <laughs>
0: one, one crying. What are you talking about? <laughs>
1: uh, so this this is what today's been today's gonna be fun. The rest of the week's gonna be a lot of fun. We got Woj, third hour, You know that's great. Uh, we also got Darren Woodson. I want to talk to him a little bit about something he had said that I've always believed in, and that is great teams when they start to crack a little bit, a team like his cowboys, much like the Seahawks now, it's actually worse. Those guys have a harder time dealing with it, and he was talking about that this morning on Golik in Wingo. But, Levitard, who... It's funny how many people think that I would just not like Levitard. When I love the guy and I love his show, I'm just different. I'm just different this way. Um He and I... I look, he's not one of my best friends, but I consider him a close close confidant in this, this work thing. And I've been listening to them talk about this Marlins sale and the trades, and I've completely been on their side. I mean, the Marlins topic in general... Gets me about as worked up as anything because of what Loria and Samson did to that fan base and what they'll continue to do to that fan base and the contracts that they've done and backloaded and all of this crap and then putting in the no-trade clause when they move out. And now Jeter takes over with another guy with money because Jeter didn't bring money to the table in this deal. Stu and Levitar and the whole crew, they've been awesome on this. So then they get Rob Man for the commissioner today. And you knew it was going to be contentious. So here's a good minute and a half chunk, and then I want your thoughts on kind of what you hear in this exchange because you and I were sitting okay. here, we watched almost the entire thing. This is from two hours ago. Rob, were you aware of Jeter's plan to trade players and slash payroll?
2: You know, it's interesting. Um, yes, or no, yes or no, please.
1: Yes or no, please.
2: You know, I, I'm happy to do yes or nos. You can add, you I'm can elaborate afterward. I just want
1: to know if you were aware but, of that plan. Like you, appro- if you did, you approve a plan that had slash payroll again for South Florida.
2: We do not approve um, operating decisions by any ownership, new owners, current owners or not. And as a result, the answer to that question is no, I'm not going to be deposed. Like this is some adversary thing. You want to ask me questions? I'll answer them the way that I want to answer them. Okay, if that's that's not good enough, we
1: can move on. No, that's fine. I'll do it that way. But you can't come. You're coming on here and saying that you weren't aware of Jeter's plan to trade players and slash payroll. Like we're starting with a lie, Rob. Like that's where we're starting. Like you can't tell me you're not aware of that.
2: And have you call me a liar? I explain to you that we do not. We do not. Get involved in operating level decisions in the ownership process, the ownership approval process. Clubs make those local decisions. Rob, were you, a made, were
3: you aware of his plan, though? Were you no. aware of it?
2: No.
0: Okay. Let me, Let me say this. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting, and I want to, visit to revisit this later. Um, I once had a contentious interview on your show as well um you don't remember because i feel a little bit of vindication today dana white correct really set me off on the wrong foot with a lot of your listeners yes it did a lot of people were bummed out yeah they should check the news today we'll get to that later <laughs> <laughs> dan did an excellent well, you know, job I just, just, this is why i bring that up okay because sometimes ahead. contentious interviews are the way an interview needs to be okay and you gave your tribute to dan a minute ago i don't know dan never met dan only heard him talk about me, not talk with me. But I can recognize when somebody's doing something very well, and that is an interview very well done. You do not have to kiss someone's butt for it to be a good interview. You do not have to neglect to interrupt them when they're avoiding your question. I actually think I disagree with you and Dan and Stu to some extent on on your approach to the Marlins. Um, but that interview, that was great radio. And it was informational. It wasn't just... It wasn't, you know, they say, do you want to bring heat or do you want to bring light to a conversation? It wasn't just heat. It brought light as well.
1: Here's the thing. I am biased because, this is weird, I like Dan, so I go into it going, well, I wonder how much I'm going to side with Dan. And I hate what the Marlins have done, so I go, I'm probably going to side with Dan. But I like Rob Manford so much more than Bud Selig. And I don't mean that as like, well, does that mean you even like Rob Manford? I like Rob Manford a lot. I did not like Bud Sealick. I think it's great they have Manfred. But as mad as I am about the Marlins thing and what's happening, I can also listen to that entire interview and kind of get Manfred's point. Me too. Like, well, what money comes into owners is they can, they can do what they want with it. Is it up to me as commissioner to ask if there's going to be a fire sale? You know, look, you buy the team. And Dan's point has been, no, no, no. You guys wanted a purchase price. You wanted to get it to $1.2 so that that would raise, it's almost like a comp with a house. So one of the houses in the neighborhood went for a lot of money. So now all the owners who, again, Manfred works for, feel like their franchises are valued even greater. And, you know, that's that's kind of what the goal was here. So did people buy the Marlins that couldn't afford it? Yeah, that sucks. But, I don't does it make Manfred a liar? Does it make him a liar by not saying something that Dan you know what I mean? Like Dan's going, Did you know what they would do with this money? Did you know what they would do with this roster? Did you know all of these things? And if Rob's saying, hey, it's up to the team to kind of conduct the post conduct it how they want to conduct it, and all of us approved them in ownership, I don't know if that's a lie or just the way business is done, even if you don't like it.
0: Yeah, that's and to me, if I were giving you know, 2020 hindsight advice on how to be the interviewee in that situation to Rob Manfred is, see, Dan's approaching it as though something has been done wrong because he thinks that, right? Another fire sale. Oh, can, and by can we the way, say it
1: just it feels wrong? Like, I would agree I, with Dan
0: there. Look, it I just, actually appreciate somebody's Miami perspective and what it is to be tied to a fan base and say, we can't do this again, man. We can't do this again. But on the other hand, Manfred doesn't have to grant that premise. He can say, look, the these guys are trying to make the Marlins better over the long haul. And they feel like this is the path they have to pursue, trading Stanton to get a reboot. Now, but the way that interview is conducted, it's like, who ordered the code red, like you like to say? Who did the wrong thing, therefore granting that it's wrong? Yeah,
1: I think what Dan's point is, and it makes sense, Will Kane the Russillo Show here, ESPN Radio, is that when the Marlins have gone through this and gone through what they've gone through with Loria specifically, and now the people are going to be paying for the stadium. And the final number with the interest is going to be over $2 billion from the taxpayers on this hideous stadium. Um You know I shouldn't say hideous. It was kind of fun to be down there a little bit, but it's a little weird. All right, it's a little weird. And it's not even whether or not aesthetically the stadium is even pleasing that Dan's going, couldn't you have been a little bit more sensitive to who you sold the team to, to make sure that one of the five best players in baseball wasn't going to be out at 28 years old? Like, could you have done that? Could you have hooked us up down here in Miami a little bit? And then Stu got off of the top rope. And I don't want to say, I was going to make a Stu joke, like he's the backbone of the interview, because Dan was so good in it. But Stu asks a very great, pointed, kind of everyman question. That's why everybody loves Stu, is he says, Commissioner, could you see yourself, non-commissioner, just a resident of the Miami area, spending a 100 bucks, you and your friend, Go into a game, five hours in, out, game, whole deal. Could you possibly imagine dropping that kind of time and money on a Marlins game considering the product that this ownership is about to give us? And he's like, there's no way you could honestly say, like, yeah. And the commissioner's stuck in a point there of saying, he, the commissioner can't go, hey, good points, Stu. I wouldn't go
0: to that. Right. And he can't say the truth, which is, we would like to think you will be doing that in two to three years.
1: And that was kind of a commissioner's standpoint there. Is that Manfred's saying, hey, look at some of these teams that were in the World Series. Now look how high they're drafting. Look what the Astros have done. Things right. are cyclical. He was selling that over and over again. And I understand his approach. It was his strategy. But I can understand everybody in Miami, including all of the hosts down there, going, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Can you imagine being a host down there and Manfred saying, yeah, I would go to a game? I'd be like, what are you talking about?
0: Look, th- this is my final point on this. I think that, that Manfred and ownership's perspective and their strategy is right in theory and paper, and perhaps it will be in reality. I also, even though I might disagree with their emotional response in the moment, understand that local perspective from Dan and Stu and and the people in Miami like, we've done this, man. We've done this. We don't want to do it again. And there's no relationship that has more value in this entire thing, more value than the theory, more value than the strategy, more value than what you lay on paper than that between the, the, the the local fan base and the organization. Any city should be able to tell you that. Not just Miami.
1: Well said. 30 for 30 podcasts have returned. These are stories you just have to hear to believe. Subscribe right now in the Listen tab of the ESPN app or Apple Podcasts. Brought to you by the City Double Cash Card. Okay, up next. This athlete never complains. But he may have to to finally get his way. With Will Kane, The Russillo Show, ESPN Radio. Are you still searching for that perfect gift? Dell has an amazing selection with something for everyone on your list. Check out dell.com to find the best brands of electronics like booming Bose speakers plus the ha- the hottest laptops with Intel Core processors and the latest gaming PCs. There's still time to get something great under the tree. Call 800 by Dell, that's D E L. Order by today and choose free expedited shipping for delivery by Friday. Some exceptions apply. Call 800 by Dell, it's D E L L. That's 800 by Dell. a star athlete that needs to complain to get his way next
4: in life there are talkers and there are doers Sometimes it's not hard to tell the difference. Mike Bloomberg has spent his life getting big things done, starting his business out of a one-room office. Mike built a company with 20,000 employees, all with good pay and quality health care. Elected mayor in the aftermath of 9-11, Mike got to work, helping rebuild a shaken city, creating nearly 500,000 new jobs and expanding health care for nearly 700,000 New Yorkers. An interesting creature inhabits the flat, arid plains of many an automobile dashboard. The bobblehead. It's most agreeable and will nod along to anything, despite having no brain function. But when the bobblehead hears how Geico not only saves people money, but also gives them access to licensed agents 24-7 online and over the phone, he'll nod even more vigorously, because he knows you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Easy, bobblehead, easy. You're going to get whiplash.
1: You know what I was listening to a lot yesterday at the gym? Remember morphine? Remember that band out of Boston? Morphine? Guy that played two saxophones at the same time? Get a little morphine going today. And I don't mean the drug. It's music. That was good. Okay. We do have an Anthony Davis thing that I want to do here because I believe he is the star. If he wants to get his way, he needs to start complaining. Woe, did a piece on him, Mm -hmm. but I do want to defer to you here quickly because there is a lot of social media activity with the announcement of the show today. Right. So, um, but this is, this is like the trifecta of
0: awesome. For those who weren't listening, we had Booger McFarlane's studio a little bit earlier and we got into a longest in discussion about how many you know buttons on your suit can you pull off, whether or not a double breasted suit is ever appropriate. Gold watch. Gold versus white gold versus yellow gold. What would a man wear? And then we got this tweet. All right. And I think this guy deserves his name called out because this guy's really managed to, as you say, hit a trifecta of I guess awesomeness. Patrick Haggerty tweets us. It's really great to see three wealthy guys talking about all their gold, jewelry, and high end suits. The day a massive giveaway to the rich happens in DC and people are losing their health care. Nice timing, guys. Okay. Um,
1: like say that. So, so Patrick tweets at you. I don't know. I haven't checked it. You too. Yet. Okay. I'm okay. in there too. You booger and I were talking about watches. We're talking about suits. I thought it was kind of funny. Um, and then he started pointing to my watch. My watch isn't even gold, first of all. I noticed. Um, and I just kind of let it go. I just, I, it's stainless steel and I just kept going for it. I'm like, whatever. And your man goes that it's because of the tax cut, it's gross that three guys would be talking about the tailoring and all their jewelry.
0: Yeah. Tax reform bill going on in Washington DC right now. And here we are talking about double breasted suits. I'm going to tell you who didn't benefit from that tax reform. <laughs> At least two guys that were sent to the Let me tell you
2: who got hosed.
0: <laughs>
1: all right? Yeah. <laughs> that, that tax bill didn't help out your friendly neighborhood, upper middle class guy. It really didn't. I mean, unless you have some real estate finance that in is a blue state. way beyond. I mean, and we're talking like, not just I own some properties. Now I'm going to break down the tax code for you. <laughs> but I've gone through this stuff and all of my friends, the ones that do well, are really bummed out. So do not fall for the click that this is just... The Will Canes of the world on first take, just cleaning
0: up and collecting another W. That's just such a bad, t- it's so you, well, bad. Forget whether he's right or wrong on that. It's just bad personality.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's, you're just off. You couldn't be more off on the whole thing. Like speaking of off, like this week, okay, a lot of people showed great. Um, I thought empathy for John Skipper when the announcement happened on Monday that he's resigning. So many different on-air people and Jamel Hill, who's been through a bunch of stuff and Jamel, Says specifically, and, and I did my few minutes on how much I like the guy, and she goes, I like John Skipper, essentially. You know, respect, the whole deal. Like the great thing about Skipper is when you, if you got into a fight with him, he still respect, he would be like, you're wrong, you think I'm wrong, and well, that's okay too. And he would just be like, wow, this, this guy's great to talk to. So Jamel does that, and then it's followed up by tweet after tweet, you sold out. How could you do that? Oh, that shows the power structure, and that's how it all went, and you just go, whatever happened it just, saying something
0: just being a person
1: no you're right like not, that, that's not a li- symbol not some of the some of the paths that people are taking from you said this to now here is my conclusion i don't know what happens mm-hmm. it's like this tunnel of blindness and then you come out the other side speaking of just being person yes how
0: about anthony davis is he allowed to
1: just be anthony davis anthony davis as woge points out is not somebody that's going to tweet out his workout videos okay and it was funny, and you can check this out again, Will Kane here, Rusillo Show, ESPN Radio, up on ESPN.com. Uh, the beginning of this piece starts with Woj saying, Anthony Davis has listened to those, prodding him up to ramp up his Instagram posts, rough up a rival on Twitter, give the old grinding hashtag after leaving the practice gym. And Davis says, quote, yeah, I hear it all. You need to post before games. If you have a dunk or make a big shot, post it. It's not me. I don't ever try to do anything just for attention. I'm just trying to get my work in. I don't know what you're supposed to do posting your workout and the All-Star stuff. Hey, vote for me. I mean, if you're a fan of mine, you'll probably vote for me. If not, well, here's the point. If Davis is healthy, all these unicorns we're talking about, he's your number one unicorn pick. He's that good. That's what I still – I don't even think it's much of a debate as much as I like these other dudes. But I think it always comes down to how long can he put up with being with the Pelicans. He's under contract through 2020 21. That's a player option out last year, so he's at least under team control the next two do you think he'd ever end up having the personality, after what I just read you, to say, I want out of here? Because that's the only way it's happening.
0: Man, I'm so torn on this. First of all, so I read this article from Woe, Rudy and I were talking about it earlier. It's like, DeMarcus Cousins is poisoning Anthony Davis. That's Anthony, what you got from the article? I think we both did. Anthony Davis mm. is this dude who doesn't self-promote, does the right thing. Shows up to work. We have practice after a game, 10 o'clock the next morning. I'm in. Okay, guys, I'll be there. Okay. He's, hold on. Are he's... you pointing
1: out what happened in the story about the practice thing? Because this yes. is, all right, yeah. I just want to make sure you put that in there.
0: Yeah, supposedly the New Orleans Pelicans have <laughs> early morning practices often following late night games. And yeah. everyone just showed up and did it. What an, what an idea. Until <laughs> Demarcus Cousins comes to town and Rajon and, Rondo. And, and Rondo, yeah. And they go, What? No one does this. No one has an early morning practice after a late night game. I'm not doing this. And they turned to Anthony and be were like, hey, I don't think you realize how much power you have. Like this is like big dogs out there that, you know, carry a franchise. You get to say no to this and dictate how the team runs. So here's Anthony just being, you know, a team player. One of the guys happens to be the best. <laughs> Doing his thing and little, like the little devil on his shoulder, here's DeMarcus comes into town and goes, no, 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 let me tell you how to really take control and how to be insubordinate.
1: Okay. I will (laughs) agree that I noticed that line. I go, Oh, so wait a minute. So Rondo and Cousins would be like, bro, early, wait, like, what are you trying? And by the way, the idea that no one else does that, that's not true. Other teams do get up. When they're on the road, I'm sure it's changing a little bit more with the emphasis on rest and stuff, but it's not like the Pelicans were the only team in the league having guys get up early after a game the night before because sometimes they want you up early to make sure that you weren't out all night. So that's the little game that they'll play. Um, I really think Davis is somebody you like. You want your best course. player to have this kind of personality. But there are other teams that are lining up to go, when he's disgruntled, when he's ready to force his hand, I'm going to be there with assets. like that's. This is the next guy that everybody is waiting for, and it's really going to be up to him. Do you think he'll ever do it in the next two years? If they don't make the playoffs this year, they don't make the playoffs next year, do you think he says, all right, I've, I've tried. It's time to move on.
0: Well, so I just laid out why I think Anthony Davis is a good guy, mm-hmm. a consummate teammate, a pro. Now let me tell you this. I have, by the age of 42, been thoroughly disavowed of the idea that good guys finish first, or that it always pays off to do the right thing. And if Anthony wants to get to the place he wants to get to, and has decided that New Orleans isn't the place to do it, he's going to have to not be a good guy. It's true. He's going to have to look out for number one. And the weird thing about this is, the New Orleans Pelicans, if this plays out this way, will have pushed Anthony Davis out the door by bringing DeMarcus Cousins through the door. (laughs) Letting DeMarcus Cousins help Anthony Davis evolve into the kind of guy that can leave. Yeah, (laughs) wouldn't
1: that be funny? Trade for Cousins, try to get better talent around Davis, and they'll probably re-sign Cousins. And I don't know what that means, because then you're looking at massive money to two guys. They've done an awful job building out the rest of this roster, and it's really only gotten worse. That's pretty funny. Imagine. Hey, we brought Cousins in to... Make you happy. Actually, he told me I should get out of here. <laughs> Tweet the show, one eight hundred flowers.com, Twitter feed at Rasillo Show. If you're short on time and searching for the perfect present, one hundred flowers.com is your answer. When you order the beautifully crafted holiday flower tree, you get twenty percent off. Go to one hundred flowers.com slash ESPN. Darren Woodson on Why Seattle, just like the Cowboys, and what it was like when Jimmy Johnson was fired, and he didn't know. It's ESPN radio.
0: Human Resources VP Ashley Campbell has Kronos for HR, payroll, talent, and time. She's managing her workforce like a rock star. She even has her own hype song. I'm the spark before the
1: fire. I'm the power in the train.
0: I Have a really diverse workforce with different hours, skill sets, and pay grades. Don't
2: stop. Don't stop. I'm the dream. You should know
0: that. Now we're motivating and engaging the right people every step of the way. Chronos, HR solutions for the modern workforce and the people who support them. Learn more at Kronos.com slash HR Swagger.
1: Darren Woodson with us now. Woj, next hour, we'll follow up a little bit more. There's more conversation there with Anthony Davis' future. Will Kane, The Rossillo Show on ESPN Radio, Life Advice. Uh, so a lot going on here. But, Woodson, you were on this morning. Golik Wingo, I was lucky enough to go on this morning too so thanks to those guys for having me on uh you said something that was so on point though because we're looking at seattle here and you go when it comes to a team like the seahawks a team that's achieved greatness how much worse is it when you're on a team that's great and you're starting to crack at the foundation and you're a
3: great team with a uh, with a ton of alpha dogs uh that are getting a little older Uh, they're, they're not as good. The performance on the field is, uh, is cracking and their confidence is shaking a little bit, especially after giving up 42 points to a division rival. Going into that locker room and you, I mean, you have to understand going into that, that culture of what, what Steve, what Pete Carroll's put together in that locker room. They're, they are a confident bunch. I don't know if I've seen a more confident bunch. Even if they can't play, uh, half of them can't play as well. They still believe there's a belief in that system. And going in, I'm, I mean, I'm serious, going in and understanding that I played with a bunch that was similar to that in the 90s, the Michael Irvin's, the Emmett Smith's, the Troy Aikman's, the Charles Haley's, when things start going south. And you start pointing fingers at each other, like Earl Thomas Mason had a tweet out there about Wagner. you talking and, about
1: Wagner saying he shouldn't have been playing. shouldn't Wagner have been playing. I thought it was
3: weird, because I've always loved Earl, too. Earl, exactly. That doesn't sound like Earl. Earl, wouldn't. I mean, I, it was outside of himself to do something it's like that. It's not that he's quiet. He'll talk to you. But I just, that was weird, because Bobby's such a good dude. Exactly. And, too, they're, so. and they're good. You know, in years past, they've been pretty good friends, off the field and on the field. So, but the, when those things start to happen, well, man, you start to how bad was it see, with you guys? Well, we had the same thing. What and, happened? And, Give me like, like, well. Things that always go good. There was always in a good relationship between, you know, certain players. Maybe it was Deion Sanders, Troy Aikman. Uh, you know, we had some, we had some ego problems as far as the direction of the football team. But when things started to go south, people started to change. We started picking sides. And when you start to pick sides, that's when you have the division. Well, I'm on a Deion side. Well, I'm on Troy side. This shouldn't have been said. Well, that shouldn't have been. And then that's the division. That's when you start. Is anybody right, up. though? Or is it just I'm no Dion's? Right. No one's right. I mean, in that Did situation. Did anybody say to you, like, you're slipping? No. I've never had, well. Like in a confrontation? Yeah. In a confrontational uh, standpoint? Yeah. Yes. I've had that. I mean, I, I I don't want to go that way because I got personal. It was more than just that. Now I, I do, can't though. think of I mean, anything else.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so a teammate would say to you as you're losing games that you don't think you should be losing on this Cowboys team that's had this epic run, you'd have a teammate say, well, you know, some of this is on you.
3: Yeah, well, we've had some, you know, you're not, you know, you're not doing your job. I mean, but it's, but it's like this on every team. But when things are going great, you don't, you don't get that. You don't get that. When you start to slide and the confidence, Starts to, to to falter a little bit, and then you start having these same alpha dogs saying, "Well, it ain't me; it must be someone else," and you start pointing the fingers, and that's when it starts to crumble. So when you, especially veteran players, when they're young players, you get over these type of things. Yeah, a guy, you know, a young guy might say something, but you're talking about Earl Thomas and Bobby Wagner. These guys have been along, been on this football team for a long time, and won won plenty and lost plenty of games together. This is a re, a deep relationship, and that's. When you start to see those fissures, man, it's time It's time to start making some changes.
0: Which side did you pick, Dion or Troy?
3: I almost on the winning
0: side, I'm not going <laughs> to say. <laughs> well, hey, let's stick with some of these Cowboys stories in this respect. Ryan and I have been talking the last couple of days about the number of coaches that are going to get fired here in the next yeah. couple of weeks. We're trying to be, is it seven? Is it eight? Is it ten? What is the number? And there will always be that surprise coach as well. We've talked about right. it's not just the ones you know are going to get fired. It's the whoa, where did that come from firing? Mm-hmm. Now you were part of a whoa, where did that come from firing? When Jerry let go of Jimmy Johnson, oh, yeah. Tell me what happened when you got that news. What was that locker now, I was like? in Phoenix
3: and I was watching the news. I had no idea what was, you know, but back then we didn't have social media and, and not everybody was on cable all day long or on your phone or whatnot. So and we didn't have cell phones. So. I was actually watching the nightly news in Phoenix. I think it was Channel 5 or something like that. I still remember this. But I was watching the news, and I saw – this is – the news had not gotten to me because I was traveling a lot, and then I got into Phoenix, and I saw Michael Irvin – Throwing a garbage can. They they were showing that on TV in Phoenix. So they had a the camera inside the facility. Inside the facility. Oh, man, I was a Michael kid in Dallas. I remember, I remember yeah. the
0: same newscast in Dallas seeing Michael Irvin toss a trash can across the locker and room. And
3: that's what I saw. I saw it my eyes when I was in Phoenix watching this thing. And, I, you know, again, no social media. So you're like, what the heck? You know, what's going on? So I made my calls, found out that Jerry, uh, Jimmy got fired, and I just – it was devastating news because I think we all – on that team, we all understood the moment. We all understood that we could win four or five of these things. It wasn't like you know we're not we're looking outside, outside in. We were inside, knowing we were the most talented football team in the NFL, and the only team that could really keep up with us was probably San Francisco on the on the on the West Coast. Other than that, it was a wrap. And when you lose a guy like Jimmy, it would be similar to Robert Kraft getting rid of Belichick after last year's Super Bowl win. It just don't do that it just doesn't happen that way and uh it everything changed and rightfully so we didn't win it the next year lost an mc championship game ended up finding a way to win the next one and then after that we was all the way downhill we could i could have easily had four to five rings
0: you know i've gotten to know you over the last couple maybe year whatever it's been ryan we've hung out with Darren quite a bit so i know how you feel about jerry jones yeah how long did it take you to forgive jerry for that then it took a long man
3: you know, I didn't know Jerry that well. I know Jerry now. I didn't know, you know when I was I was in my second year in the league, and Jerry wasn't around as much as as he is today. Jimmy was the focal point. Jimmy was everything went through Jimmy Johnson. Guys get cut, Jimmy made the cut. I mean, he was the stop guy. That was it. There was nothing else uh, above Jimmy. You weren't making calls to... Extension, so, 973, which is Jerry's extension. You weren't making that extension. Oh, let me write that, that down call. real quick. <laughs> yeah, you, you were. So, but Jerry, yeah. but Jerry didn't like that, right? Well, I didn't know that. I mean, as, you as a know. player, because we were so, you know, we were, it, we were washed like this. I'm telling you, we were the Patriots with Belichick. We were washed that way. He didn't go any further than Belichick. Yeah. I mean, you do your job. You show up every day. We grind it out on the practice field. We compete. Every day, Jimmy's gonna be the figurehead, and we go and we win football games. That's all we know. <laughs> has. Has Jerry
1: ever admitted to you that he regrets
3: it? No. Have you? No, ever asked I think. Him? Well, I heard in, in his Pro Bowl speech that he said he made. Uh, I'm not his Hall of Fame speech that he. Said that he he may have made the decision. Pro Bowl. Everybody yeah. makes uh, I,
2: I don't remember. Yeah. I mean, so people yeah. listening
1: right now are probably saying something very specific about it. But you are so close to him, he's never said to you like...
3: No, not me personally. But uh, I think we all know back then and in, in th- that those teammates and those coaches knew that we we missed something big. We we lost something big when we lost Jimmy.
1: You're the best. Thanks. All right, bro. All
3: right, that's Darren Woodson, Straight Talk in
1: studio, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Best phones, best networks, no contracts. I threw out a Cavs-Paul George theory. I want to revisit that with you. That's next, ESPN Radio.
4: Here's the thing. Saving money with GEICO is almost better than playing pickup basketball because there's always that guy who joins your game. He never passes the rock, he constantly bricks threes, and he'll completely hack you and then put his hands up and say, no foul, no foul. With GEICO, it's easy to switch and save on car insurance. No need to fake an ankle sprain because you're absolutely exhausted. So switch and save with Geico. It's almost better than sports. You've never listened to Primus ever? Maybe. If Bubba plays
0: Primus right now, I'd put the odds at, what do you think, 20% I've heard the Primus song?
1: No. There's no way you'll recognize it. Oh, there's no way? I'll put it at 2%. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Try not to focus in on the singing as much as has the bass playing and just that it was a little different
0: we are under two percent Yes. yeah did no, not know that song
1: <laughs> comes in with my name is my did you know who they were saruti sir did you know they were
0: i only know primus because of you and ray necci who is our former producer
1: <laughs> every now and then i'd want a little primus i i always thought it was funny that they would sell primus sucks t-shirts at their own shows like that's clever. I actually like that. Yeah,
0: yeah. They're way ahead of the curve on that. Yeah, it's huh? actually awesome. Early, early.
1: That was a mid nineties. Maybe you would go to a Primus show and you'd wear a shirt and like Claypool might scream out, "Primus sucks," and he's in the band. <laughs> Are you a fan of South Park? Will you love South Park. The theme love it. is by Primus.
0: Okay, so we're over two percent. Now we're cooking. Yeah. Now we're cooking with gas. We're all South Park over uh, Family Guy, right? We're all right. We're all rational people.
3: I mean, Family Guy in his prime was awesome, but South Park's great.
1: Ryan, it's not even close. Not even close to South Park is better than Family Guy? Not close. I'm
0: not saying Family Guy's bad, but well, South Park is another like level. Saying,
1: this da- is almost like LeBron and Kobe.
3: I mean, South Park's longevity, you got to give it... Because Family Guy had a, at their peak was maybe Mm-mm. three to five South years. South Park's
0: peak would be way higher than... Then yeah, okay, family got speak, and it. longevity, and intelligence, and depth of storyline, all of it, and groundbreaking well, it nature different type of, it. of show. Yeah. What about
1: Jocko Pistorius? As long as we're on bass players, <laughs> you throw a little Jocko Pistorius in the mix. I got two days left, right? It's a real show on ESPN Radio. Yeah, we were going to do a Cavs segment. We only got like two minutes, and so now it's too late. Cavs could trade. They'd like to trade for Paul George. Don't know if it's going to happen. There you go.
0: A lot of feedback online Tweeted that. that out. You know, the Maxim nice guys finished last, and Anthony Davis might have to stop being a nice guy. I got a few names for you of people who said, you know what? Not always. There's some nice guys out there that do well. Tim Duncan. Okay, you know. Hold on, because <sighs> I don't want you to box yourself in. All right. Dirk Nowitzki? Yeah. Steph Curry? He hasn't finished yet. He's finished first quite a few times. He
1: has finished first, but he's not done. The Steph Curry story is not. Was it halfway through it? Probably halfway.
0: I guess three nice guys. So you think I'm hopeful
1: is what I am. I'm hopeful. Oh, so you hope you're wrong. Yeah, I hope hope I'm wrong. wrong. Yeah, I hope I am wrong. I feel like an exception is being argued here. But if you really want your way, more often than not, you got to go, I'm taking it. I'm going to ask for it in a demanding way. You're telling me I've been telling my nine-year-old that day after day. Because just I don't like people that argue exceptions. And maybe that's not the exception. Maybe I am wrong. Maybe it's not just one or two guys. But aren't you hopeful? See, that's the thing. Like, you're saying. It'd be great if life worked that way. That totally. The person that just goes, hey, I'm totally happy all the time. And,
0: no, I'm not. I may not be happy, but I'm still going to do the right thing. Yeah, I'm going to grind right it out, and I'm yeah. going to show up at practice after a late night game, even though it's at 8.30 a.m. <laughs> I would like to see it work out for that guy. I want to be on Anthony Davis' side of things and not Demarcus Cousins' side of things. So that's where would, I synthesize okay, this.
1: But, but this is always weird about it is that. Is Anthony Davis right being the nice guy, sitting around with the Pelicans for three more years after this if he wants to?
0: Letting opportunity be squandered?
1: Yeah. Is that is that make you feel? This is the thing that I would think is the weird disconnect, is that if Davis wants to push his way out, then people would get mad at him, okay? Maybe less so because guys are calling their shots more ever in this league. But as people bring up Duncan, be like, that's the right way. He went about it the right way. So if Davis squanders three more years of his prime, that's making you feel better?
0: Me about Davis? Yeah. <laughs> like, you see how stu- like That's kind of stupid, right? Well, maybe it just makes Davis feel better. That's who he is. Quit trying to change Davis. He's just a good guy.
1: There's no way, if they're this bad, that he will play out the contract. We'll ask Woj that next hour, huh? Perfect. And where does Paul George go? Too bad it took me 12 years to get to good teases, huh?
0: There's a few more shows left. Yeah capitalize on that new skill
1: yeah i've had good ones today uh including this one if you didn't catch the beginning of the show my last show at espn will be friday i'm going to talk about it
0: next on the espn radio